everyone i'm heath i'm monkey and this is football inside out a podcast from copa 90 podcast that's daily every day from the clubhouse in paris giving you all the excitement from the world cup in france you like that <laughs> it's great that was a great intro yeah, i went free solo like you did. and here's what we've got for you today we're looking back at the tournament as the group stages are now over and we're looking forward into the tournament as well as what is yet to come plus we hear from goalkeeper Alma Schultz about her journey to becoming the German number one so right now we're going to get into the five things you need to know going into your day we had no matches to talk about so they are just all generally football related football inside out by copper 90 number one new ball there's a new ball for the knockout rounds of the women's world cup what are your thoughts on that um, has that been done before? New ball, new me, babes. I don't know if it's been done before, but I know that it is the perfect excuse for somebody <laughs> to, to get money. really <laughs> pissed off and somebody make money. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a again why 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 why? I don't why? know. It's just okay. different colors, right? I, I hope it's just different colors. But what so. if it even even the way that you you do colors on things though is naturally going to change. Like if you have the same ball, one's black, one's white, it's going to have a different natural texture to it because of coloring and things like that can change the dynamic yeah i guess so as long as it doesn't like weigh any different or which i guess then surely there there would be a rule like it has to weigh the same yeah i I would think all that's oh gosh i'm losing the mic here microphone just fell off come on guys i I, I got sick of looking through the gap at you already (laughs) uh, of this arm yeah so why change it i don't know i it's probably I i don't know why they've changed it is it to try and make this part of the tournament a bit more special is Maybe. it just is that a money thing cash cream cash rules everything cash around money me? I don't know but we'll see what it looks like and then we'll judge him from there number two Fernando Torres has announced his retirement yeah it's a long and uh, successful career illustrious illustrious that's what I was yeah. looking for that's what I was looking for sad to see him go but you know obviously it uh, made a huge impact on the game and would be disrespectful if we didn't include him in our five things you need to know. Yeah, he played for, for Chelsea and Liverpool, so there's not too much love lost on that part from, yeah. from an Arsenal fan, but it was nice to see him in the Premier League at one point yeah. during his career. Number three, African Cup of Nations has started and it started last night, which means more football for us to watch. Yeah, if there wasn't already enough between uh, Copa America, Gold Cup and the World Cup, well, here you go. Yeah, another here's another one. continental tournament. Uh, exciting though. A lot yes. of good teams there. Number four, Peter Cech, Petr Cech, has gone back to Chelsea. No surprise there. And and Chelsea put an Instagram post up saying, welcome home. It's now official that he was a mole. Agent Cech. Yeah, Agent Cech, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, he certainly wasn't goalkeeper Cech during that period. No, he was not. Definitely not lost. Well, yeah, just the whole time. I'm sure he's such a nice guy, but like, not okay. Not. How do you feel about that? It's basically, I don't know. I feel a bit weird about it. I mean, he is a legend of Chelsea. Yeah. But like Arsenal should have just never signed him then. Yeah. It's like, I was. it's a bit like, I don't know, name like an Arsenal legend that would go to... Ashley Cole. 
Yeah, <laughs> they're going to Chelsea. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then just, but then come back after like three Cesc years. Cesc Fabregas. Yeah, but then come back after three years. Uh, Van Persie. All these people never came back. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It, to be fair to Fabregas, he wanted to come back, right? Yeah. And we were like, no. Well, allegedly, someone, well, alleg- the, allegedly. someone's got to foot that wage. Yeah, that's Arsenal's true. not going to foot that. That's foot true. That God, we do have a um, we do have a good record of giving away our best players to our rivals, don't we? <laughs> We're like the Ajax of the Premier League. Just develop guys and let them move on. Do you, you know? want to? Do you want to not play for us anymore? Do you want to go play for? Our... In fact, you can you can move just halfway across London, and <laughs> yeah. that's cool. That's you're cool. Gonna, that's you only no have to move apartments. Yeah. You know? yeah, you're, yeah. You're going to get paid enough money that you just have a car pick you up wherever you are and take you to your grounds. We'll just have two two yeah. houses. That's yeah. fine. Uh, number five. Looking ahead, Germany versus Nigeria and Norway versus Australia the first knockout games of the tournament I like that Germany it'll be interesting to see they've cruised through quietly but now they're gonna have to I mean I wouldn't say Nigeria is the toughest opponent but they're not gonna knockout rounds teams will step up and change their game plan to survive matches as opposed to managing a a group stage yeah I think the Norway Australia game is going to be interesting because it's going to be really well matched Um, I don't I don't know who's going to walk away with that Sam Kerr scored four in a game so I would say that she's relatively in form at the moment that's very true that is very very true Um, so we're going Australia and Germany if we had to put money on it yeah okay it's a deal Copper 90 If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. How you been? That was an interesting five things. Yeah, for once, it was not all tournament related. It was a bit, um, well, it was just the whole football world, wasn't it? Took a little trip around the world Mm. there. Uh, I've been good. I do want to say, though, if you are still listening to this episode, make sure you go and subscribe. And if you're not subscribed, uh, do so now. Leave us a review. Obviously, it's important for us to feel the love, at least in those places, so that we can tell the powers that be to not flip the switch off someday. Let us keep <laughs> this going forever. But I, I'm good. Yeah. I went for I went for a run. You did? Did yeah. you listen to the podcast? I did. The full podcast. The full 40 minutes. Yeah. Sometimes I can't run that long, so I'll skip through parts that I've already heard, but yeah. went through the whole thing. I didn't go to the gym yesterday, and I feel like I'm losing my mind. Really? I've had like one day off, and I can't hack it. You don't want to be around me so much when I haven't been to the gym in a long time. I'm Mardi as hell. Isn't it weird, though, that you start to realize those types of things about yourself over time that you just can't figure out, like, why am I in a weird mood or what's bothering me? And it's just yeah. because, like, you need to go blow off some steam. You need to go 
good workout. It's now. something that you learn about yourself as you get older. Yeah. The reasons why you might get annoyed or might get upset that you might not normally get upset in a normal circumstance. And, you know, something's not quite right here. I'm not sure what it is. And then you're trying to rattle it off yeah. through your head and you're like, oh, yeah. I haven't gone to the gym in 24 hours. Oh, yeah. What a I diva. Haven't, I haven't had any ice cream. <laughs> yeah, so I have no, I've had no cake today. I've had no sugar. That's what's bothering me. But uh, let's catch up on things for this World Cup. Yeah, because we're finally moving into the groups. Oh, sorry, the knockout stages. The group stages are over. It's felt like a movie, guys, watching that much football every day. This is like the youth football period when you were at... A, a tournament and you had to go to that central location where they had the board on the wall of like <laughs> who's in and who's out and you start to see who you're going to play against. Yeah. And this is when you get to say like, if you were to lose to the team in the knockout rounds that goes on to win the final, oh no, you beat them in the group stages, but you both made it through. You're like, yeah, we beat the team that went on to win it. So we're pr- pretty much as good as the team that won it. We just had a bad, bad yeah. form. I did that recently in um, that Stamford Bridge uh, competition that you were supposed to be in, but but Joe, Joe Cole, Cole took your place <laughs> yeah. instead. And it was like you all played in groups and then met in the middle of the pitch at Stamford Bridge and there was a big board and you had a look to see who you would get in the knockout stages. And it really like brought back like memories of being in, t- in a competition when I was like 10 years old. It was kind of nice. Isn't that fun though? Like the idea of like how you want to set up your knockout rounds because you want to obviously play... The- the best team last, mm. uh, which you guys eventually did, right? Yeah, we did. And we lost We lost to Joe Cole's team. They didn't actually have Joe Cole in the last game, but they did up until then. Imagine Joe Cole just pops by for a couple matches. He literally just popped. He literally just popped by. I was like in the dressing room, and he just walked. He like I walked out, and he walked past, and I was like, "Is that Joe?" Yeah, that is. It was the Beats by Dre team, though. Yeah. So they've yeah, got yeah. a little bit of a reach. Were you on a different like? You were on an, another sponsor's. I was on Sony Music. Okay. Sony Music team, and yeah, the Beats by Dre team is the ones that we met in the final. And weirdly enough, that's a great electronics final. Though. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah, is a yeah. Great, like uh, music. <laughs> yeah. um, weirdly enough, so the, also the rule was you had to have at least two fit female players on each squad, and you had to, which I thought was cool. And then, and then they had this other rule where at least two of them had to be on the pitch at any one time, which was also cool. But what I did not think was cool was if a female player scored, it counted for two goals. Yeah, which that's, I, that's bullshit. Which was like really patronising. But you're cool with it needing to be like a minimum of X females on... No, that was fine because I think also if if there's like a big group of lads, it, they can very easily be like chuck all the lads on the pitch yeah. and kind of forget about uh, the women playing a little bit. But but to be to be fair, the the team that we played in the final, the two girls that were on their team, I play in my league. They play for Fulham as well. So when I saw them, we were like, ah, we've played you before. One of them gave me concussion once. Did you write up a little like a tactical thing going? Like, I know them. This is how they're gonna. This is how they're gonna play. No, no. This I one didn't. drives inside. No, likes I didn't. to hit it from deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got yeah. the tactical board out and yeah. <laughs> started right. If I pinch out. in, no, the only thing that's in. the only thing I remembered. I was like, oh, I recognize you guys. You guys play Fulham. And I was like, oh yeah, that's the one that knocked me out that time. Yeah, the two goal thing. That's pretty shitty though. Yes, yeah, so dead. What's all that about? Yeah, that's, like that's oh, the, like, the boys have to run around with their laces tied up as yeah. well, while the girls don't. Yeah, they're, they're free. And they like you go if you're on a breakaway, you 
you wait for <laughs> the girl to get into the box yeah. instead of scoring yourself. Five second heads. Cut it across for the for the two 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 pointer. Like that's bullshit. It was lame. But I think yeah, the whole going to the center circle and looking at the board that was fun to do. Maybe they should they should do that in the real all the world cups. <laughs> that's got to be some pretty fun yeah nostalgia for people. Unless you were on a team that never won anything and you were always going to the board to just be reminded you're heading home. Yeah, that's true. That was like, oh didn't get to the knockout rounds again. Were there a lot of teams that didn't get to the knockout rounds in tournaments, or did most teams go? Through the group stage into a like if it's an eight team tournament, wouldn't mm. like it'd be like one place four. Did teams? Did um, you? I don't really remember, mate, because I was always on a good team. So, <laughs> no, actually, that's, I, I that's what I mean. Like, I don't remember. I don't, no one remembers the losers. No, yeah. No, like, <laughs> if you're but, not first, you're last. Yeah. If if you were an eight team tournament, wouldn't you just always go through the one place the four of the other group sort of just to tee it up? I don't yeah. remember people going home after the first first. I never went home after the first day or whatever. In this tournament, actually, there was a... So all the teams that got knocked out of the actual tournament, then there there then was a tournament for... I don't know how to put this more nicely. The losers. The yeah. losers. <laughs> there was a tournament for those guys. And the winner of that tournament received a trophy. But the second place team of the actual overall winning winners didn't. But the losers did. I thought that was very 2019. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody wins. Everyone wins. <laughs> um, who's been your surprise team? Uh, Italy. Yeah, Italy. I think for both of us, no? Yeah. And China a little bit, I think. Because yeah. I thought they were like very, very... I've, do you know what? I'd, admittedly, I'd never watched China play that much. But the way that they play surprised me. They're a very physical team. Scotland would have been my surprise team. Yeah, Scotland. I mean, Scotland would have been my surprise team too. I would have loved to be surprised by Scotland. I was gutted when uh, they didn't get through. I actually celebrated the initial save of that penalty, like England had just gone through. Same. Yeah. That was a pivotal moment, and VAR and the powers that be ruined it. Yeah, I'm still gutted about that. I spoke to um, Shannon Lynn since then. Did you really? Yeah, just like on text or whatever. And they're gutted, man. They're really gutted. It's just wrong. I think it's wrong. It's yeah. flat out wrong. This is like Thierry Henry handball against Ireland wrong in my book. Like the <laughs> level of this is a, it's like, a, it, it was, I don't know. I, th- I thought Scotland were deserving of getting through. But isn't it interesting how, I mean, this was one of our five things, I think the other day, we definitely mentioned it on the show, how now, I don't know if it's off the back of this, but I'm sh- it's surely it's got to have something to do with it. The Premier League are like, we're not going to be using VAR in the decision of goalkeepers being off their line. It's just purely down to the ref. Like, do you think that was a decision before they, like they made before the World Cup? I don't think so. Because what ends up happening, though, in this whole situation, I know we beat VAR to death, but is literally the talking point, is what ended up happening, though, even in the France one, is France had three players encroaching, or two players encroaching in the box mm-hmm. when they got the, the retake. So technically, that should have been offset. Yeah. And again, when you go letter of the law on any of these things and you lose the complete touch and feel, you are then under the microscope for everything. And they missed... The players encroaching into the box, but they saw that the goalkeeper was off her line and mm. they allowed her to retake it. And the other thing that we spotted the other day as well was the America-Sweden game. Tobin Heath scoring the second goal. Um, the initial attacker being offside. And so the defender in front of her going to clear it and they were deci- deciding whether the attacker, the initial attacker in the play had 
some relevance on what happened. Um, and they decided that she didn't. Yeah, and that was the second time in this tournament that they reviewed it on having to decide intent. So if you made an, an action or a play on the ball, yeah. technically you're supposed to be offside there. Yeah. But if they decide that you didn't, which she did make an, an she did make a movement towards the ball, mm-hmm, yeah. but the player who made the clearance's back was to that person, so perhaps they decided like they she couldn't see her. see her. But you always have like peripheral awareness uh, when you have to go make a play. Otherwise, yeah. I don't think she would clear it square to Tobin Heath, who takes two touches and scores off a deflection. Yeah, I mean, there was a sick finish. It was a tight angle. But the inconsistency of VAR use during this tournament makes me wonder what the point of VAR is. Because referees, the, the, the argument was it would, be, it would be more consistent with the use of VAR because they'd be able to look at everything at better angles. But actually, it's not been consistent whatsoever. In my playing career, I would have gone absolutely nuts on that play that, that it played on. And then you reviewed it and you saw that I made a last-ditch effort clearance mm. knowing, like, I... I you know this is the there, World yeah. Cup. There is not going to be a striker not attacking a ball in the box behind you, whether you see them or not. That is a, a precaution that you take. You can hear, you can feel. You don't have to like see behind you to know that somebody's there. And yeah. she made a lunge towards the plate. In theory, if she let that ball go, Carly Lloyd's getting on the end of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She let it go. Carly Lloyd is there and would have been flagged offside. So because she makes the play, the, the game plays on, which I... I find wrong. And it's the second time this tournament that I was shocked by VAR not making that call. I would yeah. be absolutely furious as a defender. I'm very confused by the rules now, if I'm being quite honest. I don't know what, what it's so down to what ref you have on the day. And VAR pretty much doesn't make too much of a difference, really. Anyway, we could bang on about VAR Who's, all day. Who do you think could be the dark horse? Let me give you let me give you what I think are the dark horses and you tell me who you think it could be, right? Okay. Nigeria. I would yeah. say Cameroon. I would say Brazil are a dark horse now. I would say Spain. Like any of the any of like the lesser teams in the matchups. Like, is there anyone that you think could make uh, a run? Um, so, like, let's say a run would be a semifinal run. Yeah, I'm just gonna. The only reason that I'm disregarding Spain and Brazil is because who they're up against, mm-hmm. which is France, Brazil, and Spain, USA. And both of them, the, the, the thing that bothers me, by the way, sorry to interrupt you, is yeah. that Spain and Brazil play beautiful football. Yeah. And it's sad that, I mean, they, they have a chance of winning for sure. Like Spain could beat the U.S. if they can finish because they, they might even win possession against the U.S. And Brazil could beat France. But like those are two teams that I want to see because they're fun to watch. I think the France-Brazil game is going to be really, really good, actually. I think they're going to put up a good fight. Cameroon, obviously, are against England. So I'm going to go for England on that one. So I think out of the teams that might not necessarily be favourites to go far in this competition. I quite fancy Nigeria putting up a fight against Germany. Yeah? Yeah, I do, yeah. Because Germany, they've been, I mean, same as England, really. They've been doing like 1-0 one nil, one nil wins, 2-1 wins. So if Nigeria nick a goal, you don't know what's going to happen. I could see Canada beating Sweden too. Oh, yeah. Sweden yeah, yeah. were yeah. not good. Had a few counterattacks, good on set pieces in the same way that Canada could, could punish you on set pieces. Yeah, that's a really good game, actually. Canada-Sweden. I can see Canada winning that goal. Winning that goal? Winning that game. We don't get paid enough to be tacticians. You know? <laughs> we don't. We don't. But, we don't. <laughs> but damn, we are good at it, you know? We are good. Okay. Uh, standout player. Is there anybody that's been been a, a player that you've enjoyed watching, even, say, from England? 
That's uh, from England, I've enjoyed watching <laughs> Beth Mead because uh, she wasn't in the She Believes Cup and she got called up for the World Cup and it's nice to see her perform on a world stage. I always like enjoy watching Lucy Bronze. I think she's amazing uh, yeah. right back and it, it actually makes me want to play right back. <laughs> and Kerr for Australia as well, coming through sort of the last couple of games. I think she's been uh, fun to watch because I've never watched her before. So Amazing. I, um, what about you? I'm currently looking for her name because I've, I've butchered it a few times, but it's the... Is it Tamira's? That's the that's the left back. Maybe it's not. Oh, for for France. For, no, 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 for Brazil. That's had all the Migs. Oh, well, I actually don't know. I, I'm trying to see what what. I mean, they they, they all have one name only on <laughs> Wikipedia. Might have been. I don't know. Maybe Fabiana. But yeah, so sick. Up and down the flank, the number six, yeah, blonde hair from Brazil. So nasty, had Megs. Every time she gets the ball, she's looking for the Meg, and people know it's coming. And yeah, she does, doesn't she? That's the that's the that's that's the one of the Megs that led to a goal against. I can't remember who it was now. No. But I know but oh, she, she she got destroyed. Tobin Heath also has been fun. She, yeah, she, I mean she's always fun. She's not like a new name. She was she was quite often she could be like a super sub in a team, come on and create an impact mm-hmm. because she's just got that X factor. But watching her get isolated on the wing. It's more of just like those types of things that have been fun for me to watch is one-on-one battles, just a defender just being left on an island and watching some of these players just go like, oh, yeah. someone made a mistake. I really enjoy watching Tobin Heath, actually, yeah. especially because it's the position that I play. So I'm like, I might try that out in training sometime. The other thing about Tobin Heath that's good is that a, a lot of her, she has a final product too, so she can beat you one on one. And then it's not like Danny Alves in his early days where he just puts <laughs> it into like the top row on a cross and it's a goal kick. She literally can get past you, still have time to put her head up and pick out a pass or pick out an option and, and deliver a dangerous cross, yeah. which is a, a, a combination that you don't always see. Yeah, I think she's super direct, which is always really fun to watch, especially as like a striker. So we spoke briefly about Nigeria potentially beating Germany, but we're going to hear from one of Germany's icons, and that is Elmut Schult. Copper 90 icons. My name is Elmut Schult. I'm playing in Germany at Wolfsburg. I start, started playing football uh, at the age of five uh, in a real small club near to my hometown with my brother, my first call from the national team, yeah, I was in the university, um, yeah, being at the at the seminar and I was called by my goalkeeper coach, he said like, hey, do you want to come to the next uh, game? I said like, yeah, it would be nice, but I can, I have, have to work uh, to study, It's there's no time for it. Yeah, but it's maybe when you're in the squad, you want to come? I said like, yeah, if I'm in the squad, I want to come, but I'm not. Yeah, maybe you are now. I said, like, what? For real? Yeah. So the manager will call you in a few minutes and then you know. So that like, okay, that sounds crazy. Yeah, and then I got a call and grabbed my things together and went with the train to Leverkusen. Yeah, and this was my first time to be called on the national team. It was awesome and really exciting. Yeah, this year the yeah, the call for the roster it's it was not that exciting that maybe for the first World Cup in 2011, 
uh, this time yeah I I thought before that I will be called in and it was like this but it's something special because I'm called as a number one and this is the first time for a World Cup that it is like this for me and yeah it's exciting I really hope that I'm in the World Cup that I can play that I can yeah bring my strengths in the team and it's it's just a big honor to play for your country the first real moment or the real surreal moment in my career um, I think it's it's at the Olympic Games to be at the Olympics Games and then to win the gold medal because the Olympic Games are are a part of your your school school time. You have it in history and in sports that that there's the Olympic Games for thousands of years, and then when you leave the school and you go to studying. It's the same. They say like, yeah, the Olympic Games and all the Olympic sports. It's it's crazy. It's such a tradition, such a history. And then you have to, the opportunity to be to qualify for Olympic for the Olympic Games, and we did it. And it was it was yeah. I, I can't describe it how it, how it felt to be there, to be a part of the biggest sports event on the whole world, and. Then, in the final, I had the opportunity to win the gold medal, and we've done it, and it's it's crazy. I love to to have the gold medal in my hand and to think about these weeks that we had in in Brazil. It's yeah, it's just crazy that it, that I was a part of it. When you compare the American way of winning football to the European way, the Americans are are bigger. They really build up an event. Of, of this game a lot of people come there and it's yeah you can you can compare it in in Europe it's football and it's women football and a lot of people thinking about it's like this it's like oh it's women football it's not football it's women football and yeah some players are good and some players are not and yeah some people go to the game and some not and in America it's it's a huge thing if you just call Alex Morgan's name because you see her on the street everybody's turning their heads it's like oh this is Alex Morgan oh my god hey can we take a picture with you and this is this is much bigger and everybody knows they're the stars of the uh, American football and so this this is something what the association did well they really build an event on it and not just football so they are stars and it's fine and but I don't know with the culture because the European culture is different to the American culture if it will be the same in uh, Europe but we can change it that everybody's talking about football generally and not about men and women football that would be perfect football taught me a lot but it's not only football it's sports uh, in general it's taught me that I'm that I'm a team player that I love to be involved with a lot of players that to yeah that I'm always want to win I hate losing <laughs> for real doesn't matter which minute I give everything not to lose and I think I'm very self-confident and yeah love to get in touch with other people and with other cultures other languages so just open-minded and I really can be in this all with football.
hashtag copper 90 icons the olympics is an interesting conversation do you remember growing up with the olympics being a big thing in school or with not really your friends or your mates as you would say <laughs> uh, no not really um the World Cup and the Euros and the FA Cup and anything football related always, for me, felt more buzzier than the Olympics in the UK, I think. I, th- I always do think that is the case. Obviously, there was a massive buzz when it was in London in 2012. But previous to that, I don't remember it being like, for example, World- when the World Cup was on, when I was at school, uh, they would show the England games at school and you would take time off class. They didn't do that for the Olympics ever. Yeah, I, I think it's not so much during the Olympics as much as the Olympics was embedded in like your day to day. So like like schoolyard games, we used to create our own Olympics. Oh, really? No, like we did not do that. Five or six games where you got points of like arbitrary games we would create was like an Olympics thing. No, never. I would have definitely enjoyed that. You want to know a fun fact that I learned? I can't guarantee it's actually a fact. But <laughs> somebody was saying that the official language of the Olympics at one point was French for a long period. Oh, really? French was like the global language at one point. Like not globally, like most spoken language, but they, uh, the person that was explaining to me was that the, the Olympics w- official language was French. Did they say why? I think, I don't know. I think this was like pre-England doing what England did around the world. Uh, and you mean Eng- pillaging countries? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, y- y- you'd be pressed well, for, yeah, for, to go back well. and, and, and not see every country at some point pillaging other countries pillaging other yeah, countries yeah, so true. but yeah that it was originally in french and then it eventually became english uh when england sort of became the or english language became sort of more spoken internationally worldwide it became the global language but i believe at one point french was the the, the language like the global language that people were learning the language of the olympics yeah i mean originally it was greek right yeah i was gonna say originally it was greek yeah but france had their day at yeah. some point how much do you hate losing because she mentioned it uh in the feature she just did losing to me was always a big deal what was a bigger deal was how i performed in a loss so i would say that i was like harder on myself than anybody else could have been Mm -hmm. but when you lose right it compounds right the coach is yelling at you the team is mad you have all these tense moments and by the time i've lost a match i've already replayed every touch i had in my head a thousand times between the time the moment match ends and i've kind of been in the locker room yeah like yeah. it's literally in fast place over and over and over again of what you could have done better what you could have changed so yeah. by the time you hear from like a coach like a day later when they've watched a video and those types of things i'm like i know i've already heard it a thousand times in my head and you're like exhausted like that's the part that really bothers me about losing is having to hear the criticisms of things you've already sort of beat yourself to death over yeah yeah i uh i can't stand losing but it, it kind of like i go i'm more of a quiet person when we lose i don't say much I know, I know it's a cliche thing or like a, a thing that people say, but do you hate losing more than you love winning? Hmm. I think they're quite equal. I don't know. I love winning. I love, I'm a winner. No, I love winning. But yeah, lose, I th- losing. They're very different. Mm, they're so like, different. That's yeah. a really good question. I actually. Because you see a lot, of, you, a lot of pro athletes use that line now of like, I hate losing more than I love winning. Like I would, that feeling of losing is a completely different feeling than like winning. Yeah, I think I think with losing, it lingers for a lot longer for me. So I'll think about it all, like over and over and over again. Like you said, the points in the game where maybe I messed up or where I could have done better or maybe I should have done something else. 
And that lingers far longer than the elated feeling of winning. Mm-hmm. I feel like great that I've won with the team and everyone and it's like a big celebration but that dies off way quicker because then you just move on to the next thing that you want to win I would guess that winning a world cup probably lingers longer definitely lingers longer yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely lingers longer yeah but um like personally for the like the leagues that I've played in and stuff yeah losing lingers longer than winning yeah what about you I would agree yeah yeah well you still think about the 5-1 loss still yeah, you've and, spoken about. and even again, the, the main thing for me was always my personal performance that it would like reflect yeah. on and just like the harshness of the standard that I had hold myself to was almost maybe unrealistic at times that by the time that you even let the loss sink in, you've like are exhausted, like you're depleted of everything because you've replayed it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And now yeah. like I still think about the loss to Mexico. But it's in a better balance of like other like positive moments in your career. Yeah, you know? I think yeah. But so so like, hey, if I if I scuff a miss in a cup final, I'm going to be thinking that f- about that for the next god knows how long. And three of my other teammates could have done the same thing, or maybe done it once or twice during the match. And I'm I'm never thinking about their miss ever. I'm just thinking about mine and how I should have scored and how it could have changed the game. So it's very like self-deprecating in that sense. You are just thinking about your um, mistake. But yeah, I think that's natural though as an athlete because that's the way you improve as well. It's, it's kind of, you're beating yourself up about it, but then you're also like, okay, what are the steps from here that I can make sure that that doesn't happen again if I'm put in the same scenario? Well, in this World Cup, We've got the goal-scoring race of Alex Morgan on five with Sam Kerr. Yes. Oh, yeah. These are the, the top scorers, aren't they? And Alex Morgan, both of them happening in one match. So the top scorers yeah. in the tournament both scored their all their goals in one match, which is... Wait, right? Didn't Sam Kerr have four? Sam Kerr had four, I believe. Four in one match. Yeah, yeah. four. And then one, Alex um, Morgan had five in one match. Yes. So both in one match, which is crazy. That Christiane is crazy. had a hat trick and then a, a single goal. And then, yeah. Ellen White for England, uh, Christina Gorelli for Italy, and then Wendy Renard for France. Yeah, she should be on too. Wendy? Wendy. <laughs> no offense, Wendy, but, you know, home field advantage. Um, she, well, that's, but that's quite cool that Wendy's in there because uh, she's the only defender. Can I also say something? How many red cards has there been? Mm, two. So there's two, been two. Yeah. There, there have been a <laughs> lot of red card challenges that I've seen like mid shin. Did you see the one, uh, was it Brazil game or something where literally ripped the sock in half? Oh really? I didn't see that, I missed that. I missed that. Got her across the shin to the, where the sock ripped completely open. Like where it wasn't a question of whether she got her on the shin or not because the sock had a giant hole in it. And it was just, they just gave her a yellow card. I don't even know if it was yellow, but she went through the challenge, leg came up after the challenge and just, just skinned her with it and to put, got away with it. To put yellow and red in perspective, there have been 84 yellow cards, which is a lot, I feel. Is that a lot? Tell me from, from tournament experience. Uh, I don't know. Like how many games have there been? What's the average yellow card per game ratio there? I don't know how many games have been. You blacked out early in the tournament and said there's been six games, but there's seven <laughs> match days. <laughs> Matt is not my strong point. Yeah. Or just, you know, knowing what day it is of yeah. the week. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if that's a lot. It se- seems like a lot, but it could be a pretty solid thing because as you start to get deeper in the matches, in the second half, you might see three, four, five yellow cards for 
professional fouls, things like that, killing counterattacks, stuff like that. But I'm going to work this. Out. I'm going to work this stat out, even though this is not a stats uh, podcast. This is a football and entertainment podcast, yeah. but it's it's kind of an interesting. The one. answer will be entertaining, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> either we'll be right or we'll be wrong. Probably wrong. <laughs> yeah, we're wrong a lot, and that's okay. I mean, we're always right, but we're wrong a lot. If we say it with enough confidence, you usually get away with it. Yeah. Well, have you ever gone at the end of uh, a podcast? I listen to this podcast called, uh, it's Dak Shepard. And at the end, his producer facts checks because he says everything stream of consciousness. And at the end, the producer comes on and goes, yeah, you were like way off on this or like you completely lied about that or like that never happened. Like I couldn't find any proof of whatever like anecdote or story that was supposed to be public information oh, and really? fact checks him and he's like just kind of cool with it it's kind of funny I i'm not saying you should do that i have a fact check do you oh no wait you fact check us french is still an official language of the olympics a official language there's two and it's french and english wow ah so I, I mean, so I was right. right. Yeah. yeah. Hang on, we're not wrong in this scenario. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that I threw that out there without ever, ever even looking online, because somebody on, a, on, on the corner of a street told me that, and I believe everything blindly, it paid off. Because even while I was saying it, I was like, that doesn't sound right. Like, when did France ever have like a wide, I mean, they did have a run of colonization, but like. The guy who founded the Olympic Committee was French. Oh, okay. Okay. So the guy who founded the Olympic Committee was French. That makes sense. Baron, so, Baron Pierre de Coubertin was his name. What was it? Baron Pierre de Coubertin. Baron, Baron Pierre, Pierre de, Coubertin. de Coubertin. Oh yeah, he was the physical fitness guy. That's like, if you speak about him in elementary schools and schools around France, he is literally the legend of like uh, school physical education and like sports education here. Like he is Baron Pierre. Uh, yeah, he's I mean, like considered the 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 like top top of of sports in in france have you seen what this dude looks like (laughs) sorry the sport (laughs) the sport have you seen what this dude looks like he's got an extremely impressive mustache well that i respect him even more now head of sports though yeah Hmm, what a dude um so you were right you were right yeah is that is that another podcast done and dusted yeah it's wrapped we were just getting started oh god but i was semi right there so i'll take all three points uh, going into the knockout rounds. Um, but yeah, that is it uh, from us today. And that's it for... I'm just going to keep saying that's it. Uh, that's all for Football Inside Out. We'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And leave us a review if you've enjoyed it. We like reviews. We're up to 20 now on... Um, Ollie. Yeah. Oh, I haven't, um, I haven't read them in a while, so maybe I'll give them a little read. And there was a review that somebody left their name and it wasn't one of ours, so a good indicator that That's it's great. not us just uh, leaving the written reviews. That's great news. One of them's definitely my mum. Subscribe to the newsletter. Head to copa90.com forward slash WC19 and click or tap on the Copa90 France Daily to sign up uh, and get in touch because we'd love to hear from you. Football Inside Out at copa90.com. Uh, tweet us using the hashtag hashtag Copa90 Inside Out and we will see you tomorrow. Bye. Football Inside Out by Copa90. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.